0: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season put you on the WHIO payroll. I want
1: to win so bad. Win
0: $1,000 cash five times every weekday. Now
1: you're talking. The
0: WHIO payroll payout is sponsored by SOCHA, the Southern Ohio Chamber Alliance. Always looking out for the best interest of small business owners. You're on WHIO. There is a season to
2: Welcome to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria Show. This is the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
1: And I'm Gloria Shanahan, and thanks for tuning in. We're glad that you're here with us. 457-1290 is the number to join the conversation today. We'd love to hear from you. 937-457-1290 to share your thoughts. So
2: you've heard a lot on this program about uh, COVID-19 over the last uh, year and a half or so, and Actually, where haven't you heard about COVID-19? It's been everywhere uh, in the news a lot. But today we're going to talk about a disease that is actually much, much more prevalent and dangerous than even COVID-19. It's hard to believe. But while COVID-19 has absolutely dominated the scene for the last couple of years, and yes, there is much that has been discovered that reaches back into 2019 regarding the origins and spread of COVID-19, but that's for another show. Well, all of that has been going on the world experienced millions of other people affected by things
1: like ischemic heart disease, far and away the number one killer in the world, accounting for some 16% of the world's death from disease. That is 8.9 million deaths in 2019. In the number two and three spots, respectively, are stroke, accounting for 11% of the world's deaths, and obstructive pulmonary disease, accounting for 6%. Of the world's death.
2: You, you can go out and look at these numbers and they, they vary by country so you know you'll find different things for India and you will for you know Soviet Union or Russia or whatever they call it now over there and the European Union all these numbers change but uh, these are worldwide numbers. Lower respiratory, uh, respiratory tract infection comes in at number four on the list and this does include updated numbers for COVID-19 but it also includes quite a few other maladies that are on there. Alzheimer's and other dementias, things that you've heard about on this program quite a bit, come in at number six. Um, I can't remember if that was five or six, doesn't matter. 65% of all of those deaths um, are occurring in women. And rounding out the top 10 are uh, trachea, bronchus, lung cancers, diabetes, road injuries, obviously traveling injuries. And diarrheal diseases and tuberculosis. Tuberculosis obviously been around for centuries. People have talked about that. Yes. So that is that is the top 10 uh, that's on there. And?
1: And most of the diseases on this list aren't non-communicable. That is, Bob, non-contagious. In fact, three quarters of all the deaths from this from disease in this world right now come from non-contagious diseases. And while COVID-19 burst on the scene as a highly contagious infection, some good news on this list is the decline in other traditional communicable diseases, particularly diarrheal diseases, dropping significantly in the last two decades.
2: And we don't have the information about why those drops occurred. One might think that it has something to do with better water, better sanitation, um, some other reason that these things, it's always good to see diseases dropping uh, in some category. And all of these are troubling afflictions for those suffering from them, obviously, and for their families. But what struck us about this list, this updated list, were the rates of increase in certain diseases since the year 2000. And the one that really caught our attention was diabetes, which wasn't even in the top 10 causes of death 20 years ago. But since that time, deaths from diabetes have increased 70% worldwide. Diabetes is also responsible for the largest rise in male deaths among the top 10 diseases, with an increase of 80%, 80% since the year 2000. Those are staggering increases.
1: Yeah. So as as many people have come to learn, one of the top comorbidities for those dying from COVID-19 has been diabetes. Now, to be clear, this doesn't mean that having diabetes increases your chance of getting COVID-19. But according to Janiki Vacheria, clinical fellow in the endocrinology division at Massachusetts General Hospital, people with diabetes who contract COVID-19 are at risk for more severe outcomes. He discussed in 2020 that while the exact cause for this is unknown, research is suggesting that people who have diabetes may have impaired immune systems. And if they've had diabetes a long time, that it may cause inflammation, which also affects the immune system.
2: There's a lot more that Dr. Vicaria discusses about diabetes and COVID-19. We can tell you how to get to that article. He also gets into type 1 and type 2. But his overall understanding is that studies have reported that patients with well-controlled diabetes who have been hospitalized for COVID-19 have a higher rate of survival. It's when diabetes is not controlled that there are greater problems. Well, obviously, in the context of the last couple of years, this should give anyone with diabetes or elevated levels of insulin resistance, if you're pre-diabetic, should give you additional concern with regard to getting sick from COVID-19.
1: But even aside from that significant concern are a whole host of other issues related to diabetes and what it's doing to millions across the globe. And we'll talk about those complications shortly, plus a lot more about the differences in type one and type two diabetes, measuring glucose and checking your A1C, foods to eat, foods to avoid, exercise, and a lot more.
2: So we have the global numbers regarding the top 10 diseases and deaths. And like discussions about the budget, for instance, sometimes these numbers just wash over people. Millions, billions, trillions, people kind of lose track of what that really means. But in the, you know, closer to home here, with this enormous uh, increase over the last 20 years, there are some staggering statistics that we came across here. In the U.S., there are some 30 million people who have diabetes of one type or another. We'll talk in a moment here about type 1, type 2. 30 million people. But here's the other thing that's really scary. 84.1 million adults aged 18 years or older have pre-diabetes diabetes that is a third of the US adult population has prediabetes. COVID complications or not, that number alone should have your attention. One third of the US population is prediabetic.
1: That is stunning. And might I point out, many people don't even know they're pre diabetic. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah.
2: So let's let's go we've got a lot to get through here today. 4571290 if you want to weigh in. We've got uh, a good question for you here coming up in just a moment, but let's talk a little bit about some of the basics. So describe briefly here Gloria, what is type 1 and type 2? What does that mean? Yeah.
1: Okay. So those are the two types, 1 and 2, and in type 1 diabetes, which used to be called juvenile onset or insulin dependent diabetes, the body completely stops making insulin. People with type 1 diabetes must take daily insulin injections or use an insulin pump to survive. This form of diabetes usually develops in children or young adults, but it can occur at any age. Now in type 2 diabetes, which used to be called adult onset or non-insulin dependent diabetes, the body produces insulin, but the cells don't respond to insulin in the way that they should. This is called insulin resistance. In response to this insulin resistance, the pancreas should make more insulin, but in the case of type 2 diabetes, this does not happen. And because of these two problems, insulin resistance and trouble making extra insulin, there is not enough of an insulin effect to move the glucose from the blood into the cells. Type 2 diabetes is more likely to occur in people who are over the age of 40, overweight, have a family history of diabetes, although more and more younger people, including adolescents, are developing type 2 diabetes.
2: So you have some basic idea here, and it would be, I don't know if they've ever been able to do a study on this statistically, how many people discovered when they had even type 1 diabetes, because we're in a different era now. There's a lot more health consciousness, right?
1: And regular checkups that screen, right. you know, the blood work or the, the visits.
2: But for the years, doctor. our diets have been trending in a certain direction, you know, with an awful lot of processed foods and all that kind Larger of thing. Larger portions, yes. refined You could have grown up and spent products. the first 10, 15 years of life uh, uh, on this planet having no clue right. that you were moving into this category. So one of the things we discovered in putting the show together, and I, I guess it shouldn't come as a surprise, but as you said, millions of people in the U.S. have diabetes and don't even know it.
1: Right. Right. And we talked earlier about You know, this one-third of the U.S. population being this pre-diabetic. So it stands to reason that many have slipped over the line, so to speak, without knowing it. Early symptoms of diabetes, especially type 2 diabetes, weren't always obvious. You might have a certain thing going on for years and not really even associate it with diabetes. And like a lot of these symptom lists that we're going to share on this program today, remember to think of two things, frequency and degree. How often do you note a certain behavior or symptom, and how serious or severe is that symptom?
2: It's the same thing we've talked about with Alzheimer's, right? People suddenly hear the 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's and they say, Well, gosh, I've misplaced my keys or whatever, right. and they start worrying about that. Frequency and severity really matter.
1: And context. You know, are you really busy this week? Or are you just stressed out because you've got visitors coming? You got to put everything into context.
2: So we're going to go through this list here. And as I said, we have a lot to cover today, but one of the very first things, that people notice when or one of the prompts that can uh, get people focused on uh, or questioning whether they have diabetes is excessive thirst and increased urination. Excessive thirst and increased urination are common diabetes signs and symptoms. When you have diabetes, excess glucose, a type of sugar, builds up in your blood. Your kidneys are forced to work overtime to filter and absorb the excess glucose. When your kidneys can't keep up, the excess glucose is excreted into your urine, dragging along fluids from your tissues, which makes you dehydrated. This will usually leave you feeling thirsty, and as you drink more fluids to quench your thirst, you'll urinate even more. This is, by the way, how we discovered my father's uh, diabetes years ago. I remember the day it happened, where we were, and we didn't realize it had been building up to that point, but he was unbelievably thirsty, and he kept having to run to a restroom. We were out at a public place. Mm. And, and so that was like the bells were going off at that point that something was up. And right. after testing, we find out that he did have diabetes. What yeah. else is on that list?
1: So another um, symptom would be fatigue. Now, diabetes can make you feel tired. High blood glucose impairs your body's ability to use glucose for energy needs. And dehydration from increased urination, as you just mentioned, Bob, can also leave you feeling quite fatigued. Now, along with this, weight loss, that's another symptom. When you lose glucose through frequent urination, you also lose calories. Now, at the same time, diabetes may keep the glucose from your food reaching your cells, leading to constant hunger. The combined effect can potentially cause rapid weight loss, especially with type 1 diabetes.
2: This would be another one that's uh, a little bit stunning here but it's blurred vision. Diabetes symptoms sometimes involve your vision. High levels of blood glucose pull fluid from your tissues like we said including the lenses of your eyes and this affects your ability to focus. Left untreated diabetes can cause new blood vessels to form in your retina, the back part of your eye and damage established vessels. For most people the early changes won't cause vision problems, however in these changes uh, if they progress undetected, they can lead to vision loss and blindness. So these are some things to think about, and, and think about again, in terms of severity and frequency. And we've got much more ahead to talk about today about diabetes, including how measuring glucose and A1C are instrumental in helping you manage your sugar levels. We'll also talk about the dangers of not managing your sugar. And You don't want to go there, friends. If you've got a way you've been managing your diabetes, we would love to hear it, by the way. is the number to share. We'd like to know what you've done maybe to manage your diabetes better. 937-457-1290 for your call when we return.
1: You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
2: Welcome back to the Fastest Hour in Radio. This is the There is a Season show. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We are talking about diabetes today. This may matter to you. It may matter to somebody you love or you care for. Uh, there's a lot to, to cram into this show here to kind of give you an overview. We were talking when we went to the break about various symptoms, and we were talking about frequency and severity as the two key things to keep in mind when you look at things like fatigue, thirst, sudden weight loss, blurred vision. Some of these things may be new to you. Some of them may not be. But we're talking about those symptoms that are a concern or should raise your attention Uh If you're worried about diabetes. Yeah,
1: and there's a few more on the list, um, such as slow healing sores or frequent infections. Because high blood, um, high levels of blood glucose can lead to poor blood flow and impair your body's natural healing process. Now, because of this, people with diabetes may notice slow healing sores, especially on the feet. And in women with diabetes, bladder and vaginal yeast infections may occur more often.
2: You can also have tingling of the hands and feet. Too much glucose in your blood can affect the function of your nerves. You may notice tingling. We're not talking about occasionally or when, like, when you wake up or you've slept on your foot or anything like that, but we're talking about like, a more ongoing loss of sensation or numbness in your hands and feet as well as a burning pain in your arms, hands, legs, and feet.
1: Yes. And another one would be red swollen tender gums. Diabetes may weaken your ability to fight germs, which increases the risk of infection in your gums and in the bones that hold your teeth in place. Your gums may pull away from your teeth, your teeth may become loose, or you may develop sores or pockets of pus in your gums, especially if you have a gum infection before diabetes develops.
2: So as much as we're saying, you know, uh, keep in mind severity and frequency, a lot of these things are things of of concern. And if, if if you have one of these things going on, and there's always the personal thing about will, what you're doing in terms of hygiene or trying to manage your weight in other ways, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But when these things start to mount, and they can happen gradually, over decades even— they can become cause for concern and be a signal right. that something's going on. So we encourage people to talk to the doctor about this
1: stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really a serious condition. It is, Bob. And the earlier it's diagnosed, the better, Right.
2: Yes. Now when we would love to hear from you today 4571290 if you're doing something in your diet or in your practice how, to manage your diabetes. Those kinds of real-world stories from the street are always good to hear on the program. So don't don't hesitate to call. When we return we're going to talk about how to measure and manage your sugar. What is glucose? What is your A1C? What do they mean? Plus, we'll talk about uh, good foods and bad foods. Some of that's depressing. Some of it's very enlightening. Uh, We'll talk about the uh, exercise and and a lot more on the other side of the news. Thanks for being with us here this morning.
1: You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
2: Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf.
1: And I'm Gloria Shanahan, 457-1290 to join in on the conversation. We've been asking today what tips you may have that have helped you to manage your sugar levels and or your diabetes overall. That's 937-457-1290.
2: Coming up here today within this next half hour, we're going to try to cover a whole lot of stuff, including how does diabetes affect your body? In other words, what happens if you... Don't manage it, but even if you do manage it, you're going to have some struggles, and we're going to talk about some of that. Also, what is an A1C number? What is a glucose number? What do those things mean? And we're going to talk about good foods to put in your mouth and bad foods to put in your mouth. Yes. That's, some people may need to break out the violin and get a box of tissues and do some crying because there's a lot of stuff that needs to come off the list. <laughs> uh, so let's welcome our caller. This is uh, Rob from Kettering. Rob, welcome to There is a the Season.
3: Hi there. Yeah, I want to tell my story. I'm type 2 diabetic. Uh, my last two years at a large computer company, I worked the equivalent of three people years, meaning I sat for 60 hours a week for two years. When I became pension eligible, I elected to retire and find something to do to help manage my diabetes. I accepted a job at Kettering Hospital where I, all I do is walk all day. My A1C went from 7.6 to 5.5. My weight went from 240s, and this morning I weighed 187. Wow. I did this exercise that I'm able to manage my diabetes. I did make a diet change. I no longer go to Go Dutchman and get peanut butter pie. <laughs> I eat something more appropriate. <laughs> uh, but, but it's the exercise that did it for me. Just walking? Encourage other people. I, I walk around all day. I, I just pick up the full-shut containers and replace them with empty ones. That's all I do. That all is day
2: amazing.
1: Long. And so it's...
3: And it helps going to help me live longer.
1: And, you know, that's really inspiring for people that, you know, it's really hard to start an exercise program for so many people. So just hearing that, you just, you just started moving, basically. You, you walk, right?
3: Correct, correct. I, I tried Kettering Rec Center. I tried, I wanted to golf. That wasn't for me. And getting this type
1: of aerobic type job was a perfect fit. Good for you.
2: That's fantastic. Thank you. That's That's, very
1: inspirational for many who are struggling and and feel overwhelmed by the prospect of having to make a lot of changes. This is simple.
2: I'm ready to walk out of here right now. (laughs) Gloria, you're on your own with Rob. (laughs) Take care.
1: I always say walk, walk, walk. Bye. Bye Bye. Bye. Take
2: care. Oh, that's, that is inspirational. That's just, just from the walking and doing the basic activities because he's moving
1: real quick, Bob. Um, we have a friend who wanted to just lose a lot of weight. Okay. Probably also prone to diabetes, maybe if he didn't. And he walked, I was like, how did you lose all that weight? He walked six miles a day for about three months. Every day he goes, just took a long walk. And I, it just fell off. And he, he goes, I was more conscious of what I was eating. So, so no just fancy conscious.
2: no fancy after New Year's diets or subscription no dieting, plans or just club memberships a bit more. or any of that.
1: Right. You just know. simple, common sense, right?
2: Well, that's one way to do it right there. But now, if you didn't do anything, if you weren't trying to adjust your menu, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, or your exercise, whatever, what's diabetes going to do to your body? Well- If you don't get a handle on it, you could set yourself up for a host of complications, uh, leaving COVID-19 and anything like that aside for just a moment, because this is going on all the time, and it has been going on for the last few decades in our country and longer. It can take a toll on every organ in your body, including heart and blood vessels, your eyes, your kidneys, nerves, your gastrointestinal tract, and your gums and your teeth, as we talked about just a moment ago. What happens with the heart and blood vessels?
1: Heart disease and blood vessel disease are common problems for many people who do not have their diabetes under control. And you're at least twice as likely to have heart problems and strokes as people who don't have diabetes. Um, and the blood vessel damage or nerve damage can also cause foot problems that in rare cases can lead to amputations. And that's pretty serious stuff. People with diabetes are 10 times likelier to have their toes and feet removed than those without the disease. So you, you got to take this stuff seriously.
2: All of this stuff is available out there. You can find this on WebMD and, you know, the Diabetes Association and so forth. So we're not fear, fear-mongering here. We're just okay. letting you know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. We talked about blurred vision before. Well, eyes, your eyes are affected. Diabetes is the leading cause of new vision loss among adults aged 20. To 74 in the U.S. That is an enormous demographic spread there. Age 20 to 74. It can lead to eye problems, which can cause blindness if not treated. And we're talking about glaucoma, cataracts, and diabetic retinopathy, which involve the small blood vessels in your eyes. Think about that. What else is going on?
1: So your kidneys, it can cause kidney disease. It's the leading cause, diabetes, that is, of kidney failure in adults in the United States, accounting for almost half of all new cases. And um, you know, something here I'm going to point out is, you usually don't even notice the symptoms of kidney disease. It's very hard to detect. But in later stages, your legs and feet might start to swell. So that's just something that I wanted to point out because it doesn't really have symptoms early on.
2: We mentioned your nervous system. Over time, high blood sugar levels can harm your nerves. I almost think about it as much as I don't. It's it's almost like for for a diabetic, eventually sugar becomes like the poison, right? Uh As many as seventy percent of people with diabetes can get some kind of damage to their nerves whether it's peripheral diabetic neuropathy as i said or autonomic neuropathy where you get this tingling or numbness in your extremities too much sugar in the blood not managed a lot of swings in sugar can lead to nervous damage
1: what else so your teeth as we mentioned before having diabetes puts you at higher risk for gum disease um this is where the red and swollen gums come in you know they might bleed easier so visit your dentist regularly maybe those. That might be the first place where you find out, hey, something's going on.
2: So, you know, if you're thinking it's not going to bother you, just remember heart and blood vessels, eyes, kidneys, nerves, gastrointestinal tract, gums, and comes in teeth.
1: And oh. not to mention... Other than that, you're okay. And not to mention what we have seen with the COVID-19 for some reason, and right. researchers don't right. know why yet, people with diabetes don't fare as well. It's, it's a serious thing.
2: So now people say, all right, okay, you've got my attention. These sound like terrible things, or maybe I've realize I'm 50 pounds overweight or more, or whatever it is, what do I do to start trying to get a handle on this? Well, checking your blood levels is really important. And checking your A1C is really the, the big number that most people will key on over time for checking sugar, and your blood glucose is, think of that more as a day-to-day kind of check when, when you're trying to manage particular foods you're eating and want to know what the effect of sugar is within a, a short period right. of time. So there are there are both kinds, both kinds of markers. Doctors will recommend you can get both. But let's talk about what they are. Blood glucose. Um, why do we test that?
1: Well, why we test it is, you know, you're wanting to check your, your blood sugar levels. You know, give you a reading of how much sugar is in your blood at any given time. It's important because it can tell if your blood sugar levels are too high, which they call hyperglycemia, or too low, which is hypoglycemia. And then... That way doctors can treat accordingly or you can make changes in, you know, the different kinds of foods or beverages, maybe your exercise or the medita- any kind of medication that you take could also be affecting your blood glucose levels.
2: So a lot of times this is kind of the, the short term snapshot that says I'm doing this today. This is what my blood sugar right. level is.
1: And so something that just to point out. So this is something that is usually checked when you go to the doctor for a physical If you go every year, you know what I mean? It's part of the blood workup.
2: They ask you to fast right before this most of the time. Now
1: that's interesting because I have mine checked every six months because of my history with cancer. It's just part of my blood workup and I've never been told to fast. So because there's different, there's different times to check for blood glucose and it can be a fasting number that you want to check or it can be two hours, say after a meal. So you want to make sure that you maintain that same whatever it is, if you're going to be fasting or not fasting, so that you can watch your levels to see what they they tend to run.
2: And people with diabetes will frequently use a home portable device called a blood glucose meter, and they look for the glucose level to be, before a meal, should be somewhere between 4.0 and 7.0. Um, and then after uh, that, it should be, some, after a meal, it should be somewhere between okay. 5 and 10. All of these okay. things would be specific to you, and you would okay. go over these numbers right. with your doctor ahead of time. But that's okay. the, the day-to-day and, manager of okay. sugar level.
1: Right, and and those levels for the at-home testing is totally different than if you have a blood test. Um, you need to be below 100 if you're going to have your glucose checked in. If you go to a, a laboratory, right. Yeah, right. so I just didn't want people to be like, whoa, well, I'm at 99, yeah. and that, that show said between 4 and
2: 7. <laughs> yes, or so I'm 4 and 7, I'm doing really well. You know, I'm way down here. Right. So let's talk about A1C. That's become a big deal. Sometimes people hear that in commercials and so forth. What is the A1C about?
1: So the A1C is... Um, also called a hemoglobin A1c or an HbA1c. And it's often used to diagnose diabetes initially and then to ensure that you're keeping your blood sugar levels in check over an extended period of time. So given that the average red blood cell lives for several months, this test determines your average blood sugar levels over about a two to three month period.
2: And unlike um, regular blood sugar readings, or I should say the, the, the daily glucose, the A1C test isn't influenced on a daily basis with such factors as diet, exercise, or stress. Over a period of time, those things may have some impact on A1C, but on a day-to-day basis, you wouldn't see that. Therefore, it provides a, a better sna- snapshot of your diabetes management over that extended period of time. So a lot of times you can go every three months
1: and have it checked and say, how do I do this year? You know? Right, right. How do they measure that? And so um, it's done via blood work in a lab and it's usually repeated about twice a year. It's measured in percentages and according to Diabetes Canada, the desired target for most people with diabetes is less than 7%. Now, um, if you're just having it checked for the first time, which I personally think is a really good idea, I recently had mine checked uh, to find out if I'm pre-diabetic or not, Um, anything below I'd say 5.5 would be ideal. Between 4 and I think 5.5%.
2: There's a lot more we could talk about with regard to these uh, tests, but we would strongly encourage you to talk with your doctor about those two things. If if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic and you want to get a handle, start to ask, what is an A1C? What is blood glucose? What should I be doing about
1: those? And in type two, something that so many people misunderstand, you do not have to be overweight to have diabetes. You can be as skinny as a rail, and still be pre-diabetic or diabetic.
2: Four five seven twelve ninety. If you still want to get in here before the gate comes down, but let's talk here about. <laughs> uh, here's the thing everyone's been waiting for. So if you want to get a pen and pad, uh, get it out. We're not going to be able to go into big descriptions and all these okay. things, but we're going to talk about the foods you should avoid if you have diabetes. And I would even throw in here, if you're pre-diabetic or you're you know seriously worried about your sugar, these are the things that you should not have in your mouth. So, or at uh, least
1: not very often at all. Yes, and in so, in, in in limited quantities. And the uh, first one would be something, Bob. That's so hard for all of us. And that would be breads, bagels, and here's the big one: donuts.
2: There goes the show.
1: <laughs> There's no more donuts. <laughs> we, donuts you know, we, and coffee. We
2: don't operate this show without donuts and coffee, right? No, it's that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. True. No, it's not true. Any no, of it's that not true. <laughs> that uh, you know, white, starchy, um, oh, processed so kind of flour. That makes up bagels, breads and donuts. not a good thing um, it can have a huge impact and it's a, it's a it's like a sugar injection coming into your body right here's another one that a lot of people don't think about sodas or it's called pop here in the Midwest right or soda pop. Well, many people know that a single 12-ounce can of soda has a crazy amount of sugar, if you're, especially if you're not doing the aspartame version or whatever the heck the other sh- sweeteners are. 39 grams of sugar in a
1: can. And that's like more than what you should have in an entire day. In one can. Wow. Exactly.
2: That's a lot of fizz and a lot of sugar going into you. Fruit juice is another big thing. People may think fruit stuff is healthy. <laughs> well, you know, it depends. But fruit juice, again, is like an automatic injection going into you.
1: It's not much better sugar. than pop. It's 33 grams per serving of what? fruit juice of the same. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. much better, but it sure sounds healthier, doesn't it? But she'd be better off eating an apple.
2: Yes, you would. Now, what's another one here? This this one goes along with the first one we said gonna, with the donuts and the bagels. I'm
1: gonna go Oreos. Sweet baked I, <laughs> goods, anything
2: that's sweet and baked uh, that you or make or processed uh, pies. What did he say before the um, the peanut butter pie or something yeah, like that? Was from that? Okay, Dare okay, Dutchman, that would be on the said. list? All right, <laughs> breakfast cereals. Here's where people kind of mm. get confused, and I will say the breakfast market has been. Uh, exceptionally clever at putting all the fortified minerals and vitamins on the side of the box so that kids from a young age can say, look, I'm getting 25% of my riboflavin, even though the first ingredient on the box is sugar.
1: Right. And in your carbohydrates, which are going to break down into refined sugars. So most cereals that taste really good are not good for you. Yeah. It's a joke, other than those vitamins you get. we
2: got a lot more. We're going to be kind of rushing here to the finish. Write these things down. If you don't catch them during the show, you can write us to an email, and we'll give you that in a moment. We'll be back after this.
1: You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Would you get
2: that donut out of your mouth?
1: I don't do donuts.
2: Crawlers, eclairs
1: i'm not a big donut fan so i don't have worries here in this area
2: welcome back to there's a season i'm bob and i'm Gloria. we are talking today about diabetes we're going through the list of stuff you should never put in your mouth so we said bagels breads and donuts sodas fruit juice sweet baked goods what else uh should we not have Breakfast breakfast cereals okay
1: and we're gonna go on with french fries
2: oh for the love of pete
1: fruit flavored yogurts you know and natural sweeteners
2: Other fried foods they really took took down here too on this list too. Not just French fries, but basically anything fried. Just (laughs) don't don't eat
1: it. Don't eat it. Candy, obviously, no brainer there. So Uh, much for Halloween kids. Sorry, it's not really for the kids. Often I find (laughs) Uh, parents are stealing (laughs) most of the bag. There is theft. Most of the the bag is gone
2: before that week, and then what do you do? You run out and you get more bags.
1: Well, we don't.
2: Well, because Maybe your
1: family does.
2: You're the holier than thou family. So go on. What right. else? You're
1: stealing from your children. You've admitted to it in the past. Specialty coffee drinks and white rice and white pasta. So spaghetti. Oh, if you got to have it. You better put a lean protein with it and you better use Whole grain pasta.
2: Certain fresh fruit should actually come off. So doctors sometimes recommending not having grapes, mangoes, papayas, bananas, Mm -hmm. melons, watermelons, pomegranate, cherries, and many other fruits. There's a good fruit list and a not so good fruit list when you're diabetic.
1: Right. Dried fruit, hmm, not good either. Packed snacks. You know those pre-packaged things. And condiments. That was kind of a shocker to me, the condiments, like ketchup and all that stuff. Here goes the ketchup. And, And spaghetti sauce energy bars. They give you energy, but they also give you energy because there's a lot of sugar in them. So find something that's keto friendly.
2: One of the key things to look at on the side of a box is when you see the total sugars, look for what is an added sugar. You might say 25 total sugars and 22 of them are added sugars. That is a key thing.
1: Guess what is an even better key thing? You look at your total carbohydrates Mm -hmm. and if the sugars where it's listed as how many sugars, if it's Half or more of the carbohydrate amount, it's considered a high-sugar food.
2: There are also glycemic indexes out there, which are, are talk about the rate of absorption of sugar, low glycemic foods, high glycemic foods. There's a lot more we'll talk about, and we will not abandon this topic. We will be back to this again on a future program. Any questions about today or you want to see a list of foods you should avoid or the foods we think you should eat, write to us at...
1: Bob and Gloria at com.
2: Remember, friends, seek grace in every step you take. Never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For Gloria, for our producers, and everyone who makes the show possible. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Get healthy. Lower your sugar. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 at News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Have yourself a blessed week.
0: It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.